Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for returning for another segment of Health Professional Radio. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Hong Sun. She's joining us here from Janssen to talk about how Janssen is working to address the unmet needs of patients impacted by rare diseases. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Hong Sun. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for inviting me here. Well, give us a bit of your professional background and talk briefly about your role at Janssen. Okay, great. I'm a neurologist by training, and I also had a PhD in neuroscience. I'm a physician scientist in pharmaceutical company for now about 17 years, always been focusing on neuroscience drug development. So I'm currently the global development team leader in Janssen. My team is in charge of global development of our compound. Here is nifocalumab, and we have team members from multiple functions, such as clinical development, regulatory, commercial, manufacturer, supply chain, et cetera. You know, our job is to define the development strategy and actually the strategy for the compound. Autoantibody science. Explain to us what autoantibodies are and how you're working with these antibodies. So autoantibody here refers to really the pathogenic autoantibody that develop in the body it's error in, in general speaking, uh, cause disease, right, autoimmune disease. So how exactly that happened is not very well understood. Sometimes, you know, when you get an infection, the body just uh, usually develops antibody to fight the infection. The body just mistakenly develops, and, you know, an antibody target your own tissue, uh, uh, and that's caused, like, autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. So this is the autoantibody we were targeting. Trying to remove those would actually cause the autoimmune disease, right? That's where we refer to, you know, autoantibody science really refers to the autoantibody driven autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that Janssen's working to address the unmet needs of patients impacted by rare diseases. Are there specific rare diseases that you're targeting or are you developing a compound that will be effective in several autoimmune disorders? Mm -hmm. Right, right. So we were targeting uh, not only a single one, and this is actually, we're targeting of several autoantibody-driven autoimmune disease. And this is because of the unique mechanism of action for nipocalumab. You know, it really breaks the boundary, you know, between neuroscience and immunology and allow our team to work t together very closely to tackle any autoantibody-driven autoimmune disease, whether it's a neurological condition or whether it's a, it's a, it's a rheumatology condition. So we are targeting theories of autoantibody-driven autoimmune disease, including something that Dear to my heart, myasthenia gravis, which is a neurological condition, to lupus nephritis, which is a rheumatology condition. We're also having a broader, you know, like a rare disease to prevalent disease, etc. Now, I heard you mention nipicalumab. Tell us more about this compound. Um, how does it actually work, especially with myasthenia gravis? Yeah. So nipicalumab is an investigational therapy that uses novel mechanism of action to accelerate the body's natural removal of IgG autoantibodies. Uh, Nipocalumab could bind to and block the neonatal FC receptor called FCRN, which normally recycles antibody back to the bloodstream, therefore lowering the circulating IgG. So Nipocalumab is a high affinity, fully human, effectorless IgG1 anti-FCRN monoclonal antibody 
It's currently in clinical trial, uh, clinical development worldwide. Now, specifically in patients with myasthenia gravis, nipocalumab could reduce the levels of pathogenic autoantibodies, such as anti-SHR, anti-mask, or anti-RRP4. These autoantibodies are involved in the dysfunction of the neuromuscular junction. So therefore, you know, we anticipate and hope that that's going to be confirmed in the uh, phase three study that nipocalumab could be a transformational treatment for myasthenia gravis. So what do you think the next steps are for this compound? You're, you're currently in trials. What is your team saying as far as current results? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have uh, conducted a phase two study uh, with nipocalumab in patients of myasthenia gravis, and the data looks really promising. Now we are running phase three, global phase three trials uh, for um, you know, myasthenia gravis, we also, you know, started a, a global trials in a number of other indications now, and uh, you know, and like I said, span both neuroscience and immunological disease, including you know rare diseases like MG, uh, chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, CIDs. So we're running global, you know, trials now. If the um, nipocalumab succeeded in the phase three trials. And we tended to file um, and, uh, and to get regulatory approval. Talk briefly about the trial candidates. Were they of varying ages, varying levels of disease? Talk about how the trial was designed. Um, it is a global trial with multi-centers, a phase three study to evaluate efficacy, safety of nipocalumab. It's in patients who are not well controlled with stand of care. It's a double-blind placebo-controlled trial for with six-month treatment duration. So it's basically in any adult patient who, regardless of your age or gender, um, as long as you have myasthenia gravis, your symptom is not well controlled, despite your own standard of uh, care treatment, uh, we do request an interim criteria of like you know, have to have certain severity to get in. So basically, we're targeting moderate to severe patient. And the treatment duration, like I said, is six months. The primary endpoint will be what we call MG activity of daily living. So it's really measure the function and the symptom of patient. We also included a number of secondary endpoints to evaluate how fast and how, how long, how sustained the drug works. Are there certain people who are more inclined to deal with MG than others? Usually... There's two ends of patients suffering from MG. For younger patient population, usually women, it's, it's, mm-hmm. there are younger women um, more likely to have MG. For the older, like older than 60 or 65, we found that there are more men than uh-huh. women. So that's, yeah. I just want to use this opportunity to say that, you know, Jensen has been committed to neuroscience drug development for many, many years, last 60 years. We have developed a number of compounds, you know, in, um, in Alzheimer's disease, um, depression, schizophrenia, you know, MS, you know, epilepsy, migraine, et cetera. So we are pretty dedicated to neuroscience now getting to the neuromuscular area. I'm very excited. Well, if you would, doctor, give us a website where our listeners can learn more about Janssen and about the trials that you're conducting for some of these rare diseases. 
the the best site to go is going to be uh, the global trial finder dot jensen dot com. And it's spelled just like it sounds, right? Global trial finder, yes. all one word dot jensen dot com. Yep. Correct. Correct. Yep. Well, Dr. Sun, I appreciate you uh, giving us some of your time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Hong Sun. She's Senior Director, Global Compound Development Team Leader for the Neuroscience Therapeutic Area at Janssen Research and Development. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.